Some real things have happened lately. I want to know why. The reporter with a moral compass. Always a step ahead. Everything that happens, she's sourced up and in print. These people are starting to move surplus arms to Contras. We can't just look away. Mission shipping crates for M16s, most likely. He's the old man. Dad. Ellie. I got a big deal coming. The big deal. Welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, or you can follow me at Jokes on Drew. This week, we reviewed The Last Thing He Wanted, which is the latest film from Oscar-nominated writer-director Dee Reese, who previously did Mudbound for Netflix back in 2017. The film stars Anne Hathaway who, of course, we all know from Devil Wears Prada, Ocean's 8, Interstellar, etc., etc. Ben Affleck is here as well, the first of five movies for 2020, I believe he's doing. Rosie Perez, haven't seen her in a while. She is uh, in the supporting role here as well. And Willem Dafoe, who obviously uh, just came off doing The Lighthouse, is the father role to Anne Hathaway in this one as well. Now, because Dee Reese assembled an impressive collection of talent, I decided to bring on one of our most impressive guests in writer, director, podcaster, and now six-timer, six-time guest, Michael Field. Mike is the co-host of the Forgotten Cinema Podcast, which highlights forgotten films that deserve a second chance. They drop new episodes every Wednesday, so listen and subscribe to them now wherever you get podcasts. And as always, thank you for listening. Uh, please rate and subscribe to this podcast, The Nomcast, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get them. And thanks again to Mike for sitting down with me for this one. All right, here it is. The last thing he wanted. Give a listen. Here's how I want to try to play this. Okay. So there are two things at play where kind of like, as a person who's doing a podcast on Netflix, obviously, you know, going into 2020, there are certain movies that kind of stand out. And one of the movies is this movie where you got someone like D. Reese who made Mudbound. It was an Oscar-nominated movie. It was one of the biggest early movies for Netflix. Uh, she's an up-and-coming you know, writer-director. Awesome. That's already number one. Then you got this, this narrative that started for 2020 where... This is the the comeback of Ben Affleck. This is, you know, he's going to have a Times article about how hard it was to, you know, get over addiction and how he made all these mistakes and how Batman almost killed him and, you know, all these type of things. And then you look at his slate of movies and you're like, this guy's just fucking cranking stuff out. And, oh, it's also very interesting, even though he was supposed to direct the Batman, the, okay. the Matt yep. Reeves one that's coming out. Uh, but now he he didn't do that. He went to rehab. He got himself together. And now he's making another movie with Matt Damon and also Good. Adam Driver towards the end of the year. He's got 
this movie that was coming out. He's got uh, Deep Water, which is with Anna Diarmas, and that's supposed to be really good. It's the guy uh, who directed uh, Fatal Attraction. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. So it's that kind of like you know marriage crumbling vibes and like kind of like that sexual thriller stuff so it's like okay that's kind of cool especially like kind of like a gone girl thought you know bringing it back into what he's done well as of recent then you also have uh the way back which is coming out this weekend i'm gonna Uh, watch that yeah yeah well i'm very intrigued to watch that because a i like a good sports movie b you literally just came from basketball right right. now like Uh, i don't i know i don't want to want like it i was like um it's pulling me in yeah (laughs) (laughs) what's i'm saying it kind of it kind of feels like an old school movie like they don't really make kind of these mid-budget you know kind of just sports dramas anymore right um so for him to do it too it seemed pretty cool because it kind of echoes what's going on in his life and all that stuff. Isn't so. it directed by the guy who did Warrior? Is that wrong? Uh, yes. There was a, He had back-to-back sports movies that were kind of like... <laughs> I remember when uh, they described on The Big Picture when I was listening that they were like grown man tearjerkers. Oh, yeah. Um, I expect I'm going to cry yeah. in this movie. And Warrior, I love Warrior. Yeah. Warrior is one of my favorite movies of the last 10, 15 years. And... I know there was another one that was also kind of a sports one, too, but I can't remember off the top of my head. And then he went, like, way off the reservation <laughs> with what he did and now kind of bringing it back. But this year is kind of signaling, like, this is going to be the year for for Ben Affleck. Sure. And with all those movies in, in mind, you got this one kicking it off, and you're like, okay, this one's going to be – it doesn't have to be the best one, but it has to be <laughs> – the signal boost. But I don't right? think this is his movie. Well, so yeah. we can get into that. Oh, good. But so there's so there's that part of the prism. After you got D Reese, you got okay, now it's the year of Affleck. This is a good way to like kind of get <laughs> the him year involved. Of Affleck. Yeah. And then you got the Anne Hathaway kind of narrative here where it's kind of it's not a it's not a comeback. It's kind of a what the hell happened to your career right. thing for me. I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's kind of like it, this is her last few movies in the last two years. Ocean's 8 got yeah. panned across the board, even though she's good in it. Serenity got panned big time. One of the worst reviewed movies in a long time. The Hustle, very forgettable yeah. kind of like comedy for her. Dark Waters is probably the only thing of note that she's done, as at least as far as like critically mm-hmm. praised. But it was like right on that level where it was not good enough to kind of hang with the Oscar films, but good enough. And then this movie. So, I mean, in the last two years, she's made four or five duds. <laughs> uh, I don't know where her career's gone. I probably can't say that I liked her in something since 2012. Like what? Maybe at this give point. Me, give me the movie that you really liked her in. Well, what's Interstellar, 2014 or 2012? I forget. Shoot, I think I want. I'm gonna say 2014. Just to even say if it. that's true, that's six years ago. Sure, and I think around that time was also like, or 2012 was Lay Miz, which at least she's good. The movie's a mess. Yeah, but again, she she kind. I don't know what she's doing, <laughs> <laughs> and I think what 2012 also might be Dark Knight Rises too, where she's sure you know Catwoman and that. So. I don't know what she's doing with her career. I don't know. Like, she had this pedigree where people, especially, like, coming off Devil Wears Prada, that people were like, this woman's uh, an actress of note. Pay attention to her. She's going to do great things. And then picks 
very confusing projects. I don't know how you feel about her. I, I question a lot of the acting choices that she makes. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna say. Oh no, she's terrible. I'm not saying that. No, I don't think she's a terrible I, actress. I, I I'm just, just confused. There's a lot of. There's a. There's there were some moments in this movie where yeah. I was just. I didn't understand what she was emoting. Yeah. And I don't. That not might not necessarily be her fault. It might be just. You know, maybe they were on. I don't know. There was yeah. a lot of part of this. This movie was a was very. It was a very interesting watch. Yeah. But I will like Dark Knight Rises. Right, she was Dark Knight Rises. Yes, yes. She does a. There's a moment in that where she does this acting scene technique where she's on the bike and she's yes. telling uh, the Dark Knight, you know, you don't have to be, you don't owe these people anything. Yeah. And she does this move where she looks to the side, she rolls her eyes, and then she comes back. Yes. And that move I see all the time. All the time. In with people that are within the machinations of Hollywood when they come out as actresses and actors and, and everyone's taught the same way to emote and everyone's taught the same way to, to act and whatnot. Yeah. Um, that as soon as I saw that, I was just like, I don't like that. I don't yeah. like that move. I don't like that look. Nobody does that in real life. It's, right. it's an actor's act. It's an acting move. I see it a lot in child actors. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you also see like in, in the 90s when you had that party of five acting where, oh, yeah. where, the, where the young woman would, would put their hair behind their ears yep. and be like, oh, and then look up. Nev Campbell does it all the time. Yes. Nev Campbell is very guilty. Not now. To, to no, her credit no, no. now because yeah. she, is, she is fantastic in the House of Cards seasons that she was in. Yeah. Um, but that's just, that's how everyone was taught to act. That's yeah. how everyone was kind of learned from and. When I see that, I yeah. don't, I don't respond to that favorably. Yeah. So I, that's one thing. And in, in this movie, like I said, the, this movie just made me feel stupid because yes. I'm watching it and I'm like, I don't really get this. And yeah. am I dumb for not getting this? I don't, because I, I, when it first started, I thought it was going to start. I didn't really read a lot about it and. Kind of, I, I kind of like don't want to sometimes. I just read a little bit, and they started yeah. talking about they were in South Salvador, right? And they were talking about the Contras, and I'm like, "Ooh, is this going to be about Iran Contra?" Right. And I was like, "Ooh, okay, I'm interested in that because I had just listened to a podcast, American Scandal, that talked about yeah the Iran Contra affair, and I was all into that, right? Yeah. And then it wasn't, but no. uh, so, and no, then I just felt dumb. I yeah. felt I like I'm not getting the stuff here. What what's what's yeah. happening? What's wrong with me? No, I felt the same way. I I had a couple of different things going on. One. You know, when, when I'm plugged into the Netflix stuff as much as I am, I did see this movie as something to look forward to for 2020. But as soon as they were like, I was like, oh, when is this going to come out? And they were like, oh, it's going to come out, you know, in late February. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it immediately signaled to me because two things are at play. One, they brought it to Sundance. And most people would be like, oh, it's a prominent festival. That's a great sign, whatever. It is not. When they, it comes they, to Netflix or any of those other They already owned it, and they brought it to Sundance to yeah, show. They, they didn't buy it, it from they Sundance. Did, okay. They, right. This is a Netflix movie, whole, mm-hmm. whole cloth. Okay. And so they brought this movie to Sundance. Now, what I've seen over the last few years of what Netflix brings to Sundance is either like a prominent documentary, because that's a great place to kind of showcase things, and it's a lot of times it's a it's a it's a measuring stick it's a thermometer it's taking the temperature of we don't really know what this is going to do so look at this and tell us what you think kind of a vibe right like a movie like horse girl which we already did which is kind of more experimental and kind of you know i don't know and there's atmospheric a pl- there's weird. a place for that in cinema that's great right but yeah. and it, but it definitely feels like a sundance movie right it's got you know very weird a festival vibes darling to it. yeah sure but again if if you're if this movie with these type of people 
are coming out and Netflix, you know, loves to to pitch these big star movies to places like Cannes, TIFF, you know, if if it's going to those festivals, then you know this they think this movie has legs. Right. They had this movie and they put it at Sundance, that's not a good sign. <laughs> and then coming out of Sundance, I was trying to, you know, kind of see like just simple cursory yay or nays on the Netflix stuff and a lot of the reviewers that I absolutely love were like, oh my God, is this garbage? And then looking at, you know, things like IMDb, the aggregators, and try and seeing like some of the worst reviews I've seen in a long time, especially for like even Netflix movies, which, you know, I mean, yeah, they're getting much better, but obviously for years they were pumping out a lot of garbage. But man, this is getting. Hand. So they can't all like, be winners. Okay. Yeah. But I'm like, maybe there's some kind of Affleck grudge. Maybe there's something we maybe there's something I'll enjoy here. So I turn it on and immediately like how it's structured with the field notes immediately coming on. They're going way too fast. No, I couldn't read. read. I couldn't That's read the point. field notes. They, they were over. There was like white, white over, print, over white, white yeah. images. I'm like, this is sloppy. Yeah. This is fast. I'm like, and this is in the first minute. Yeah. So I'm like, Ah, this is not going to go well. And the reason why I was very happy that I asked you is not because I wanted to put you through the torture (laughs) chamber of a bad movie. That's okay. Because I didn't watch it yet before I asked you. But what I will say is that a lot of the things that I saw for myself and also read from the critical reviews was that this movie is a mess on the page. Okay. And you, as a screenwriter, I wanted to know how you kind of maybe saw this. Obviously, you're a director as well, so you can kind of like see the two hats that D. Reese is putting on. Sure. But to me, not only does this movie seem like an edited hack job, mm-hmm. meaning like I think there's way more that they shot for this movie to get it down to whatever this was, but my God, yeah. is this a a poor adaptation uh, Joan Didion uh, is a very well-known author and, and screenwriter. I mean, she's written some pretty notable things herself for just movies in general. Did she do uh, Stars Born? She did the 70s Stars Born. She did Up Close and Personal, the Robert Redford movie. Yep. She did The Panic in Needle Park, and that was just like her own work, let alone like she's had other things adapted of note as well. So, you know, yeah. she, she's a very she's accomplished. Thing. Yeah. So... D. Reese managed to get the rights. She was, uh, you know, after she got Mudbound and she had some actual plays, she was like, This sure. is the one I want to do. And in an article I read of hers, she was like, Yeah, the, the book is really just these kind of fragments and pieces, and I'm going to kind of fill in the blanks to make the. Mo-. I'm like, This is, this, this <laughs> explains so much. <laughs> but so what did you see? Because to me, I, di- I don't think if fit a direction i don't think any one person has a solid timeline i don't see i i feel like there are scenes where it clearly seems that they were shortened that they kind of come in out of nowhere what did you see oh oh boy um (laughs) so you start off with she's doing a voiceover but then that voiceover disappears. Which seems to be a D. Reese thing, by the way, because I watch Mudbound. Yeah. Thank God I actually watched something great of hers <laughs> uh, to go along with this movie. But that's a prominent thing she did in but Mudbound. It, but then it disappears. It yes. goes away. And it goes back. They even do the book ending with that one quote. And I'm like, this yeah. is not prominent right. or 
enough to, right. to bookend. So you start off and she's in the jungle and she's, I mean, obviously she's brave. She's in the jungle. You get that idea that yeah. she's with the rebels and she's writing, she's seeing the dead burnt bodies. and Yeah. So immediately off the bat, I get the I get the idea that she's somebody who is tough. She's somebody who is headstrong. She is smart. She yeah. knows how to take care of herself. She's in the middle of El, Sa- El San Salvador jungle. Yeah. And then they raid the office and she runs and escapes. And that's fine. She goes back yeah. to Washington, D.C. And then it's two years later. And again, you, you, you get the sense that she's tough, no nonsense. She asks that question at the at the press conference. She, right. know, she's great. But then all the stuff starts happening with her father and everything. Once she starts getting into the storyline, yeah, she, that goes away, and yeah. she's completely unraveling. And yeah. and and I understand that if that's a, a general like that was a, a phony facade of her being strong, and, and yeah. but that's never shown. No, and the unraveling is pretty quick. Yeah, and then she's so trusting of clearly you shouldn't be trusting a lot of these people, and there's so many twists and turns, and it was making my head spin because I'm I'm going, what is, why are you at this dude's house, why are you at Toby Jones' house, wiping down chairs? What yeah. what is this plan we're doing yeah, here? I know, <laughs> uh, I, it really does come apart at mm-hmm. the seams really quickly, and also that that San Salvador scene, the opening scene, is supposed to be when they're. They're young and in the thick of it, and now she's supposed to be some kind of like older, wiser, grizzled she veteran or something. Yeah. And it just doesn't play any different, right? To kind of give you this sense of what's going on in her present life. So let me ask you this: Are we supposed to th- believe that she asks that question at the press conference, yeah, and that sets forward them to discredit her to sell the guns through her father? to have her get embroiled in this so that they can set her up? Or is that the convenience that her father is already embroiled in this scheme to sell guns to the, the, the rebels Yeah, and she just somehow stumbles into it and they just kind of use her as a patsy? I feel like the way that they were talking about it, multiple characters talking to her, that it was icing on the cake that they could kind of kill two birds at one stone that she took over for her father because her father was supposed to be the fall guy. So they just needed a fall guy. It didn't matter who. Right. Because she knew too much already and was kind of always one or two steps ahead, it felt like... But she wasn't. You know what I mean? For a while, it did seem that way until she got frozen on the desk and everything else. Like... The implication was that she was making big headway before she got sidelined right. and that these sidelines are politically motivated. I don't know why I'm standing up for that. It sounds like I'm standing <laughs> up. You are. Us, I think you but, like this movie. Uh, it's only because I watched it so many times now to like because I, I was like you. It made me feel dumb yeah. because I'm thinking, are they talking over me right. or are they just not? talking to anyone and i think that's what i've kind of nailed down over time is that it's confusing it's a mess it's it's disjointed like i don't feel any cohesion right i don't feel any there's no direction in this it's it's a it, i just keep coming back to it's a mess because there's if i tried to to track the timeline of everybody and try to tell you what this movie is about like at its heart what is it about? There's only one scene that kind of says what it it's supposed to be about, and I felt none of that until it was spoken out loud. Which part? There's a scene towards the end of the film where Affleck and Hathaway are talking, and when they're in bed, no, um, when they're they're just like 
outside. Outside. Oh, they're, right, the they're on a bench or something. Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're having that discussion, and she ends up, you know, like she kind of goes over like, what does she want? What does he want? Kind of things. And the one, uh, so they're going over why she came and then why she stayed. Oh, I got you. That quote um, came from my father's day for the story and he still doesn't believe her and yeah, all that and stuff. Keep, yeah. Keep trying. You're getting closer. Like all the, yeah, that, that scene was so uninteresting. It was, it, it was uninteresting. Yeah. But, and especially because she changes her stance and ends up being like crying. Don't, this sequence, I'll I'll get to where this goes, but the the point of what I think they're trying to do with the movie is this, where she says, "I don't know why I came, but I stayed because I was losing focus. I can feel it happening again. I was losing momentum on Catherine, my daughter, and I knew that if I walked away from this, I would just walk away from everything." Y- your daughter's in boarding school. Momentum. Yeah, you're, you're barely talking, talking to, her. to her. Yeah. You're, even though you're calling her on the phone to boarding school, even when you're on the run yeah. uh, and being chased Very down, sloppy. You're, it it makes no sense. If you wanted to reconnect with your daughter, don't do something for your dad and go down and chase a story. Mm-hmm. Go to fucking boarding school and be with your kid. Right. It makes absolutely no sense, but it's trying to show this unraveling that we're talking about. Right. That like basically everything is crumbling around her. Not really, and and you're supposed to be this strong female uh, reporter, uh, just gung ho going w- for the you, story. Yeah, uh, un- wear all these unnecessary scarves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get to the scarves, and we'll get to where they go, why the purpose. Oh my god! But this is in a sequence, though, because right. this is, goes back to how this makes absolutely no sense. Um, she checks into the motel. She reads a newspaper that her dad's obituaries in it. She which was out in a which was fast. Response. Which was fast. Very fast. Because he just died, and then the next thing you know, she's reading the obit. Not yeah. even the obit. The death notice. Yeah. Which, That's who fast. made that. Where's yeah. it going? It's odd. Yeah. And it's very brief. It doesn't look like if, an obituary. If it, if it was a death notice in terms of just kind of they announce it, there yeah. would be no write up. It would just say his name, his yes. age, and that's it. That's exactly right. It. Uh, so that happens. And then after unsuccessfully trying to get a passport from the embassy, she ends up back at the hotel where Ben Affleck just shows up. Nobody yeah. knows why he's there. And yeah. he's there at the uh, at the bar. She seems angry, standoffish towards him, and they have this back and forth. But then they they leave the bar and she tells him everything she's about her father, about why yeah. she's there, about how everything went. He's Part of the government. What are you doing? You're trying to yeah. take them out. There's no scene before this where they're confidants. The only time you see them even in the same room is when she's interrogating the the secretary. So it's like, what what is going on? And then she sleeps with him. Yeah, yeah. And then you have this moment afterwards where it's like the next day she gets shot. Like it's it's wild. Well, so he's a CIA operative. That's what they say at the end, right? I what guess, do they I say? Mean, he's doing that press conference. Well, that's, I that's think what he I'm works asking. for they the, don't, the secretary. They right? don't say. Well, that's, that's like his that's official title, but thing. he's kind of like this back channel spook. I, I guess. guess. And they don't really. You meet him, and he kind of gets dressed down. But then he. It's really. I don't understand what he does in, yeah. in the movie, and I don't understand why. If he's a prominent figure, why he's down there? Yeah. Why nobody notices him? I mean, she doesn't. Like I said, he. She doesn't even question the fact that he's just in the hotel room chilling out. No. I, There's yeah. no question why he's there. Yeah. Why he's in the mix, uh, you know. She, the, wh- why she's down there 
it should definitely send up a red flag of why he's there. Right. He's not there to arrest her. That's not his type of position. Why is he there? Uh, and she yeah. doesn't question it at all besides staying these, like, ugh, awful, like, either, like, there's these wild exposition dumps throughout everything, and then sometimes it's just as simple as like you're just here to stir the pot. It's like a, it's like this movie was shot on a first draft. It felt like there were so many times where I was like, that is just weak dialogue, and it goes nowhere. Well, the movie and or the storyline clearly made sense to somebody because it was in their head, and when I they guess. put it together. But I and, and I'm not trying to say that. I know you're saying it's a it's a terrible movie. Uh, I I just don't think they conveyed well, what they wanted. To, well, I just don't think they conveyed what they were wanted to convey story wise yeah. to the audience. Well, yeah, and I think that's because you lost me. You lost me on a bunch of different things and 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 you know, story, story mishaps, character motivations that change. Yes, um, just. The idea of what exactly, like the whole movie is called "The Last Thing He Wanted," but that there's no scene. I know that he's flipping out in the in the hospital. Yeah, you got to do it. You got to do. You got to put. I never really felt like she felt obligated to do it. Stable. Well, he's, he's clearly got Alzheimer's. Yeah, but I never really felt that she felt an obligation to do it. It was just kind of like, fine, I'll just do yeah. do your illegal coke deal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know. Once she's down there, then she kicks in? Is that I, supposed to be I, the implication that she's kind of seeing these players kind of kicking gear that kind of line up with her original story? Yeah. But aren't they in like two different countries that she's covering? Or they fly. Wasn't she covering Nicaragua, Nicaragua well, she, or something? She's, and then you're talking about not in the. Obviously, San Salvador, but in, yeah. she flies into not Costa Rica. She well, Costa Rica is where she ends up. Ends up, but she deal. flies yeah. into a different country and then she's driven to Nicaragua or something like that, right? <sighs> I, I exactly. Yeah, it's I very, know. it's very confusing and very odd. And I very, feel like I, when they were talking about the rebels and the and the military, like all the stuff that they were interrogating in the initial press conference, that right. the secretary's there in the press, wasn't that all about like underground tunnels in like. Venezuela or Nicaragua or one of those like it's just yeah I, why couldn't they just do a rent contra that would have been so much I know more right? <laughs> you have Affleck there he yeah. did Argo I I mean and I I don't I don't mind Ben Affleck in this I I don't really like I said I don't blame a lot of the choices yeah. uh, I, I understand why he does this movie because he's into like the politics and stuff like that and yeah. I think there's probably a lot of stuff that he and he liked in terms of the character well like I said yeah. I, the same way I felt duped mm-hmm. by this movie I would think. He would be too. It, it, it's it's yeah. it's kind of this, you know, you you on paper, you want to work with someone like D. Reese, someone on the up and come that already yeah. has an Oscar nomination for writing and obviously performances that are there that would speak to her direction. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. And then you get there and you're like, Yes, this is <laughs> this is a mess. How so. long how long do you think he worked for this? Like how long on set was he? A week? Well, this is kind of the point, right? So he's got four or five movies this year alone. So I would assume he wasn't on there very long at well, all. When was he how when was he in rehab? See that's the other thing too. I don't I don't know where the timeline matches. I know that he turned down uh filming for for matt reeves so i would assume in the last couple of years good. well good i mean I, i'm good friend. i like ben i like him I, yeah. li- I like him as an actor well and i read that like as a story director. the 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 article that was about him where he was like kind of like Based, yeah and i was he is that down to earth absolutely guy i mean 
Good Will Hunting is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yep. And that was early on. I was like 14, 15 sure. when it came out. And it's, you know, it was like a prominent deal. So between him and Damon, I've always followed them. Uh, and obviously, you couldn't have two different careers if you tried. Well, I mean, they're, but they're both different types of actors. They're both different. They have different sensibilities. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. you can see in obviously what choices they make. I think there was a, there's a narrative out there that Affleck felt like coming out of Goodwill Hunting that everyone was, you know, the way the movie is kind of set up, it sets up Damon as oh, like sure. the, the lead smart guy. This, you know, sure. gets all the great lines. And Chucky's this sidelined kind of character that, you know, is the dumb guy. He's the. But he's a, great, he's a great guy. friend, he's, though. Yeah, but he's he, a great friend. And he's comic relief. He's a great character. Right. So there was this narrative that, you know, Damon was going to be a star and that, like, maybe we'll see about Affleck. And so he's always kind of felt like this quiet well, disrespect. Well, he shouldn't. He was in Armageddon. Well, this is why, like, Affleck stayed being a movie star forever because he kept, he'll pick a lead oh, role. Oh, I got role, you. Lead role, I got role. you. Damon's kind of, like, picking and choosing, like, this is a prominent director, this is this, and kind of... You know, he never got caught in the like. There's yeah. a there's a stretch that you know between Gigli, Paycheck, Daredevil. Like, there's so oh, many. Hold, hold on, Paycheck's not not terrible. Paycheck's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's not, I'm not saying it's great, but I will say this: Do you ever see The Company Man? Yes, he's really. That's a yeah. really good movie, good and movie. he's really good in that. Yeah, and like I I just watched it to the day again, and because it was on, because yeah. I was bored, and like I really like him in that movie. Yeah, and that. Uh, I know there's some people that don't like him, but he is he's really good. I, I hope he does, I'm not coming off as I no, don't no, no, like no, Affleck not you, not you. Yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a big time fan of his. Yeah. And, and so when he's in something or even when he directs something, I'm yeah. interested. That's why I want to see the way back. So because yeah. he seems like he is somebody who he's is a really good director. He, he's you have actor actors like people that are just like oh they're an actor. Yeah. And then you have I, I I don't want this is a bad term, but then you have men who are acting like you know what I mean like regular guys that you yeah. can hang out with and have a drink yeah and but they can turn around and and do a good scene and they can do both yeah I you know feel, what i mean i feel like there's people who always quote play a version of themselves basically oh absolutely everything. i mean and affleck's definitely one of those will smith is one of those there's people who are just like you just want to see them be them right and and obviously there's good and bad versions for sure. both of those guys or or people of that ilk there's some people who slip in and out of roles sure. and can transform and things that's a whole different subset this is not what Affleck No, is. no, he's a movie but star. For the stuff that he ends up playing like that kind of better version of himself, I think if you want to see his probably his most impressive role is probably Gone Girl. Considering Gone Girl's that, good. That's a that's I read that book, not to cut you off. Yeah, yeah. I had read that book and after I read the book, I'm like It's vastly different. I, it, but it is. Yeah. And but I knew that he was the perfect he would was the perfect role for him because yeah. it was just i would read it i'm like this is affleck this is well, completely I, affleck fincher, yeah. fincher had the same yeah deal because he beefed up the role because yeah. he was like this is what's going on with him and it was the perfect timing it was the perfect like mm -hmm. way for him to dig in yeah especially fincher is known for shooting a million takes yeah. and really yeah. exhausting people and you know obviously this is the guy who's gonna to to bring that role across the yeah. table and really sell it for what it is, and people believe it because Affleck, ever since being with J Lo, has kind of been in the spotlight with everything in his life. Everybody right. knows everything, so it kind of echoed even for people when it probably shouldn't have. Right. And then, 
you know the twist in there and everything else. Sure. Everything hits harder because it's Affleck. Well, that twist is halfway in the book too. Yeah, yeah. Poor Neil Patrick Harris. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but so, this movie, I, I, I want to talk about before we get because I think we've kind of we just went on an Affleck tangent, which no, is fine. I know. <laughs> I loved it. I'll, I'll take that all day. Besides talking about this movie, um, but. There's one scene in particular okay. and one character in particular All right. that I want erased from, <laughs> from my memory. Okay. And that is Willem Dafoe. So, you do this every day. Same line, sacks of suit and tie shits, blowing hot air up each other's assholes, and you got to sit there and take notes. Don't know how you manage, Ellie. And oh, we, you don't like them? We're we're talking about if anyone I thought phoned this fucker in. Okay. Is Willem Dafoe. Like you were saying like, oh, how many days was Affleck on set? You know, this was one day. He's in and out. They have two, I think two, maybe three locales he's that he's in. He's in the bar, his room, and in uh, hospital. In, in the hospital. And yeah, maybe that's a couple pretty days. much it. So, and every time he's there... The movie loses its way or loses its mind. Well, there's such a difference when he meets and his daughter. What's up? All the gay stuff. <laughs> Whatever. That's the 70s. He's the right, 80s. This is the 80s. He's he's a homophobe. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Um, the was he's as, not even hitting the right uh, stereotype. Uh, aside from that, <laughs> aside from that, when he meets her, when he meets his daughter in the bar. And and Hathaway comes in and he's there and he's all mantic. He's yeah. mantic. That's not even a word. He's all manic. Yeah. And he's like talking about the check. And she comes in and she's very like, oh, I don't know, Dad. You left me. Like she's yeah. all like monotone and just uh, that, dismissive. That, that actually was the first one that I wrote down. Exposition dump. But but that's what I'm. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. But that's but her, the difference between her acting choice and his acting choice is so broad yeah. that you're like how can these two have a conversation and understand and really yeah. understand what each other's saying yeah because they're having two different types of conversations and they're assuming the other person knows what they're talking about right so i think i wouldn't like, that's just they're just on way too many different spectrums i hear you i i just you know but that's her the whole movie that's her I, the whole movie maybe you're right for like and maybe i saw it as him being too up mm-hmm. in the scenes or too I guess obviously manic is is the right word, but there were times when it seemed like he wasn't even talking to her. Agreed. Like that he was kind of in his yeah. own world, which I understand is somewhat to character, or at least what he was portraying. But there are times when he's just keep saying, "I hate it when people keep saying people's names over and over like they'd never met," and, and it's just bad writing. Or and then he keeps the way he's amping up bad writing. Mm-hmm. Just makes him more. It it remind me more of me watching him being the worst character I've ever seen in Boondock Saints, more <laughs> than it was echoing. This guy's on a run, like he's been nominated for best uh, one of the the best male acting categories. What three of the last four years? Well, I'm a Willem Two Dafoe fan, so you're not going to get any. You know, I'm not going to. I understand what you're saying. There are certain roles where I hate his guts. Well, but he's just. Well, you don't like him in Green as Green Goblin and uh, Spider Man. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's fine. Uh, but that's also kind of. You're like, weak. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, so there was a stretch probably where I just did not like Willem Dafoe because that's probably during that Boondock Saints period and uh, everything well, else too. Boondock Saints is a movie that is a garbage. Uh, movie. It, it, that 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 that's a movie that we have we that saw shared. together and we were making fun of live well, in person. We I've, were pausing shit. I always tell the it. story. And I don't know if I've told it on your podcast or my podcast, but. Um, I always tell the story about how me, you, Keith, yes. our friend Keith, our friend Kevin, and our friend Adrian all at the same time had the same conversation. Like, oh, have you heard this movie? And no one saw it. And we yeah. were like, oh, we got to watch this together. Yeah. And then and like, a movie night over And like w- yeah. at Keith's house, and it's that big TV in that small room. Yep. And like 45 <laughs> minutes in, we're all quiet. And we like, uh, we're like all, I don't know if it was Kevin yeah. or me or somebody was just like, is this movie good? And like, <laughs> we were like, oh, thank God. I just, and we were like, oh, I thought you you thought you loved it. Yeah, probably after like the, there was a fire fight. Oh, like, it was that just... fucking scene and the toilet being smashed on something. Yeah. Like all the like just trying to be cool shit that I was just like, can we stop? We're Quentin Tarantino. We're Quentin yeah. Tarantino. Oh. Now, the best thing about that movie, well, the best thing is the, the, actual is the documentary that... about oh. the director. Do you remember that? No. Who is his name? Troy Murphy, I think. So I there's a documentary that there. It's his buddies that are following him while he makes the movie and just how it got made. And it's yeah. obviously an indie, and they were sure, you know. But like, it slowly turned into like he went not nuts, but he was just going crazy and insane yeah. and, and and thinking everyone's out to get him to the point where they were shooting the doc. A car comes and tries to run him over, and they think it was him. And like, I think that's him. Like it was a whole. <laughs> it just turned into like. What the hell's happening to this guy? Yeah. It, that just how they put the movie together, but it was a disaster behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely need to seek that. Is that like something? Well, I don't remember what it's just... called. It's 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 um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's it's it came out a couple years after. I thought you would watch that. No. I always tell that story about how the, when someone talks about the Boondocks, they always say like, "Hey, funny story." Right. Me and my five friends all never saw it, and then we did, and. <laughs> 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 I didn't fully want to bring this up because Ooh, it's kind of it. sensitive, but it also is another. This subplot is kind of something that made me think this movie's hacked to pieces. Okay, was the breast cancer subplot? Okay, so now we had a decent amount of laughs, just kind of like just because it's so it stupid about how they played it uh, between between exposing and. Uh, you know, when in, she's in nude, the unnecessary sex scene with uh, her and Ben, or the actually they don't even show the sex scene. Well, they get to, they clearly hit, they clearly got right. together, which I don't yeah, understand. Bed, I don't, which I don't get. She has to be topless, but that for no reason. She's topless to show you the scar, right? But right. That, yeah, and they have to obviously use it as a conversation piece. But it's like <laughs> conversation piece. Well, he brings it up right, to kind of right. go, "Oh, my wife had one of those scars," <laughs> and just kind of like sets into that too. Um, <laughs> Jeez. It's but I, okay. I'm listening. If I cared about these people, I wouldn't say topics like these flippantly. Right. But instead, they use it as just whenever they feel like they need to make a point about mm-hmm. it, like to make something about her character. But I don't know fully. Besides that scene in the bar when she says, "Oh yeah, and I survived breast cancer," mm-hmm. and that's the first time we hear about it. But she says, you know, kind yeah. of. This is who I am. I'm a survivor. She paints this I'm a survivor kind of and this strong woman. Again, the strong woman thing that completely yeah. goes away. Which is uh, fine. I'm, I'm fine with that. Mo- I'm fine with that motivation as for her character, but it but doesn't it really show through. Saying, yeah. It, right. Yeah. And I think, again, they use that as like some weird, I don't know, a prop, essentially, because there's the only times you get it is when she says it in the bar, right. which it means something to her father. There. Yep. Then 
she's just topless, you know, with a scar. Which is with a guy. Know, it's yeah, fine. Uh, but you know, but he's then you know kind of like Caressing playing it. around Caressing it. it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. okay. And yeah. then like he goes and uses that as a conversation to bring in his dead wife. Which, could, but honestly, do we believe him? I don't know. I mean, because if, I mean, he, if he's a CIA agent, uh, that secretary. Uh, when, I, that's uh, a weird scene too, by the way, where they just kind of go over his biography. And then they, oh yeah, I'm like, okay, why we are you doing this? We haven't even talked about Rosie Prez's in this movie. Oh, I know, we'll get there. <laughs> but so, and then the next time we see her kind of displaying it is her putting on a bra and then taking a scarf and just stuffing. So it is that what the scarf? Is that why she wears the scarfs a couple times to hide that? Yeah, I don't even. I guess yeah, it's so on she, the right so side. So she wouldn't. So she wouldn't. So she, sometimes she, because obviously they don't have the implants back in the in the eighties, I guess, right? I, guess. I, I really don't know. Um, so she uses no, the scarf to. Right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> All right, anyway, go but ahead. They, she uses the scarf to make it look like she has obviously two full breasts. Yes. But is that why? She, so I'm wondering if she doesn't use that. That's why the scarf is over her shoulder like that, just to kind of hide that. Fact, yeah. Which, I would okay. Think so it's just there's a lot of scarves, and yeah. I, I, it was it was there was a couple scenes and she kept having new ones, and I was yeah. just like, what's with the scarves? Yeah. I, I don't. But then now she that you shopping. But now that we talk it out, <laughs> it makes sense why she would wear it to, to kind of, kind of like a self-conscious thing. Right, I, I get, but yeah, I hear you. But it just doesn't. Besides that moment in the bar, it doesn't speak anything to her. Sure, it doesn't reaffirm anything later. There's no full story about it, like when it happened in her life. Kind of like to to champion something else. Well, she when she brings was it, it up. that way when she was back in the first time we see her. Like there, there's no. It doesn't feel like it's a. It's a it's a part of her like there's something to it. It just kind of is there, right? Besides, again, like I said, that first time when she's making a point of it. Well, she yeah, she brings it up to kind of rub it in his face that I can I can handle anything, Dad. You don't know right? Anything. Yeah, they, and then I think it's just her character trait. It's just something. But uh, but again, if you're gonna present her as a tough woman and, and someone when who can they handle see her stuffing the bra, she's in the middle of like a speech to her daughter. Is it that is nothing. that is that when she's doing that when she's in the bathroom she's staring it's at the voiced over when she's doing that yeah and she's on the phone with her daughter there are moments where that that's a good scene like when she's looking at herself in the mirror and she's you know making herself with the bra that's yeah. a nice scene okay when she, no I, well no what I'm saying mm-hmm. is not in the context of the story if it's set alone like yeah sure I can understand that if you're sitting down at a production meeting and yeah. like you're talking about that scene you're like oh that's a, I like that I like right. that and that's fine the scene when she's with Ben Affleck and and she's just you obviously see her for her breast but once yeah. and he's there in a conversation within just that moment that moment that's fine there's a lot of stuff right. in this movie that's like that but there's but when it's as the whole and you're watching it in the context of the story being told it makes right. no sense and it doesn't it contradicts other aspects of the film right. and you're left sitting here going what is going on and and then you start nitpicking everything yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like so yeah, it, it's almost like you have a like I always talk about how you there's never when you watch a great movie there's always something and nothing's perfect yeah but nothing's completely terrible sure and i understand in this movie where you've it's a mess but the, I can I can see them in the pre-production room, like I said, saying like I like that look, I like that scene, I like this yeah. scene, I like that scene, I like the, yeah, let's do it's that, not let's do that. Poorly shot, I no. wouldn't say that for sure. But it's just it it's not put together in a way that conveys whatever the message in the storyline they were trying to tell us as an audience. Right, it lost me. Yeah, 
And there are so many things where I, I feel like they made moves to try to salvage mm-hmm. scenes or try to, to force motivation. There are a lot of scenes they try to use the score as a way to like heighten moments and pace, even though they're completely undeserved. Right. Uh, I know there's a lot of moments, especially when she's, quote, on the run, that it just doesn't have a lot of like pace and action to move behind her. Right. Like when she's discovering either things about the passport or things about, you know, some of the, the things that should matter, but we just don't know what the hell is going on. Right. Um, I mean, like there are things where she freaks out about certain bits of information, but I don't think they're well set up enough that they explain it way later instead of like, like right. the date on her, pa- uh, her pl- plane tickets. She looks at it and yeah. she flips out. I didn't know why they tell you, 30 minutes later. So let's, I'm going to figure out what they were trying to do. Yeah. She was going to go down and sell the weapons and she was getting cocaine. Yeah. And then she was going to get, bring the cocaine back into the country on the plane. And that was it. They were going to bust her. The, the, the main plane that dropped it off. Yeah. I okay. Guess. So that failed. Right. Because she didn't get on the plane. So then they were going to have her, she was going to go home. They're going to set up. Yeah. You're all set here. I sent you the, I sent you the plane ticket. Go ahead. You're good. I sent you the passport. Go ahead. And then that cab driver tried to get her to take that bag because the bag had Coke in it. Right. So that she could get arrested and yes. okay. And get discredited. Okay. So yes. how are you going? My first question is how are you going to catch her on the secret flight out that was dropping off all these guns and she was coming back with a bunch of cocaine What and on a secret flight back. How are you going to catch her then? My feeling was that when she was going to get on the plane that they might have killed her there. Okay. But that's not well explained. But why then, then why give her the bags of coke? I get you there. Yeah. So then you try it again. It doesn't work. Fine. So then he shows up. They sleep together. And now the plan is to kill a bunch of people in, in the <laughs> hotel to get her. And you never even hit her. Right. Do, do you tell the guys when they're shooting up the place, hit the American yeah. that's dressed in the <laughs> pink shirt, obvious. please? Yeah. You go nowhere near her. Yeah. And and then they never- Even though she's covered in blood. Right. And then you yeah. never explain how the French, because you find out later that the guy that's helping her a little bit is really just a French secret officer. Yeah. Which Rosie Perez turns into the best journalist of everybody and, here, and even though she's a photojournalist and, who's and along I, I, for the ride most I, of the time. That's, and yes. So- let me. I just want to follow the train of thought. Sure, I'll go back to that. So then you you fail the attempt to sh- kill her, but you kill a bunch of other people in the hotel. She escapes, and then some other guy is following her in a truck, which I don't know who this guy is. No, you're talking about the guy who goes through the parade. Yeah, they yes. lose him, and then you never see him again. Right. She sees Affleck sets her up at this house to just chill. Yeah. All the time, just to wait to the point where he's just going to shoot her at the cliff. Why? I don't get. I don't, I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand. And they bring in this cloak and dagger figure that, you know, is the partner of the father. And, but he seems to be the guy who's, you know, there to close all these files, close the deal. Like it's the end of something. The Bob Weir saying, character. Bob Weir yeah. Character. Who was that supposed to be? Affleck? No, the father. Yeah, you're right. The father's friend. Yeah. I, the I business again, he shows that, that you, ne- you never, heard, you only heard the name. Yeah. You see him one time at the end, and then she has a flashback of a party that you've never seen before. Right. Oh, that's him in the pictures. And you were all supposed to be like, oh, we, f- we solved the riddle. Right. And I don't understand whether he's connected to Affleck. Like, he's the reason yeah. why one ends the other. This movie's like, making me feel dumb again. That we're talking I know. About. Yeah. And, and I, I do feel bad that obviously in a situation like this, that I didn't read the novel to like kind of get a sense for what but she admired sh- about I, and what right. that 
she, what she wanted to have be the payoff for this because i i feel like i i have no direction i have no motivations i i like if you tell me bottom line what's affleck's motivation is to I guess be groomed for something higher because they have know. that one scene and where said, they're talking about where he could be president one day. I uh, guess, I, but then at the end he's talking to the press about how she tried to kill him. Yeah, but uh, they uh, made her uh, the fall guy for uh, where for, where he killed, and then you see the the uh, the. Why did uh, it matter? Just kill her. Why did you have to? You have to just kill her, and then be like, I don't know what happened. Yeah, you have the Jones character also giving the the speech on the you know yeah. go back and forth between where he's throwing her under the, her under the bus as well, mm-hmm. and then you're supposed to see these two guys making this story while Rosie Perez is writing a story with the byline from both of them, uh, yeah. kind of putting together this what expose of she knows all this what sourced up material. That is gonna expose them and vindicate her while they tell a different story. I don't know what the hell we're supposed to get from that. I, I don't either. And and Rosie Perez was somebody government who, bad. <laughs> well, we know that Drug already. Dad's bad. <laughs> we uh, well, Rosie Perez was like her photographer when San Salvador, yes. yeah, and yeah. then she gets back, and now she's a reporter on the desk. I didn't. I didn't get that. I didn't get that transition. No, because they don't set it up at all. Right. Which is, again, these are things that I feel like got maybe hacked from like other you, you th- scenes. You think there's like a three-hour version of this movie somewhere? Yeah, I think there's a two-and-a-half, 240, and then they were just like, well, it's not like Netflix, if it sucks, it better be short. It's not like Netflix is going to tell them not to cut. They'll make whatever movie you want. It's not like, well, yeah. and that's where it becomes confusing because it does seem like it's hacked up. Right. But... Netflix is notorious for kind of being like, we trust you. We want you to be a content creator with us. Do what you want. Right. So it kind of conflicts itself. Yeah. So maybe I'm just seeing a bad movie and I'm trying to make stuff up, but I've heard this from other people where they thought it also looked like it was hacked up because of the way scenes kind of go in and out, how mm-hmm. the how the pacing is and everything else, that it kind of feels like there should be more right. on the front or back end of some of these scenes but again could be just making excuses for a terrible movie yeah i mean i think it's really just like i said earlier boils down to just whatever the story they were trying to tell that got lost in translation at some point and we i i still don't understand it yeah <laughs> i also don't understand toby jones like i know yeah. you kind of like brought it up to where it's like why is she working for him and when he, he, she's he, only supposed to be there for two days and he has a, he before. has a story about how he is somebody of importance but he's down here and then i i i, I honestly it's that he like, ran a gay bathhouse something uh, in uh, haiti <laughs> yeah okay and then so you're here now where are they again costa rica yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you're here now, just hanging out, and we're gonna have a friend over. Not that friend. The other friend. I don't know who you're talking yeah. about. No, we're not privy to like yeah. anything, and that's what it feels like. We're kind of a fly on the wall, just in and out of conversations that we're just in the middle of stuff and missed a whole bunch of information every single. Like time. we're supposed to gather that there's some kind of subtext over everything he's saying to her. Yeah. And we're we haven't been clued in on that, but we're but you'll figure it out. I feel like. Part of that conversation that he has with her feels like they're kind of alluding to um, the uh, Epstein stuff 
a little bit where they kind of wow. had these like private flights of big time people going down into okay. countries and you know doing illegal Ooh. Uh, you know bathhouse behavior kind of stuff so there's you, that you think they threw that in there while they were doing the movie well i mean this is stuff that's going been going on since clinton's sure. era or before and i don't know when the book was written so obviously this is reagan era which by the way holy hell the the reagan parts oh, he, he the, the campaign stuff yeah, he didn't look no, you look like Richard Nixon. Yeah, you, you saw him briefly on, on the side, and I was just like, that's the Reagan guy? That's yeah, the guy it's okay. awful. Yeah. And uh, the sound clips they use don't tell me anything. Yeah, It's bad. It's really <laughs> bad. And then they, the frat boy playing, nothing oh, is Yeah, good. that was annoying, too. That, that's, Everything that is was so just, overdone. That wasn't, that was no, made no sense. No. And I understand it's a boys club. You're on a campaign. Yeah, you can get the, I understand yeah. what they were doing. Yeah, Jesus I know. Christ! I don't know what to to think about I think Hathaway's he, career from this. I don't know what to think about this. Could be sophomore slump for D. Reese. I hope she rebounds because Mudbound was really good. Well, she had another movie before Mudbound that was really well, she good. She had Bessie. Yeah, that was like an HBO movie. Yeah, that so was she's like well known too. So I guess it's not she's gonna be all right. She's going to be all right, yeah. Andrew. She'll she'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> Just note that if uh, if a big time movie with these big time people are in it and it's not coming out towards the end of the year, uh, it's probably not. Well, I'm surprised that because uh, I know with movies in the theater, obviously they January and February and sometimes in March, pretty much they put movies that they don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah, and, or they don't have any confidence in them, so that's where they put them. And I think you obviously see that in September and October a little bit. Right. But with Netflix movies, I don't know what that rationale is. Well, so now I'm seeing the cycle the same way. I think they think the stars will sell this movie and it will, you know, it's unnecessary, I guess. Like, they seem to have a strategy with the stuff that they put out, like... So there's Sundance movies. A lot of them, if they're if they're not acquisitions, if they're just their products, a lot of them come out right after Sundance. There are some ones that, but if they get a good reading from it at Sundance, sometimes they'll push it later to try to be more into the minds for Oscar content. I love that. It's for such a disruptor that you know Netflix was the, was a disruptor for the for the you know sure Hollywood. They just fall back right to old ways. Well, to be you know honest, I mean? they're built on the uh, they're built on the backs. Besides being a tech company, the studio right. people that they brought in are old school studio right. people. And they just so do the they're same doing they do the things, same thing same that everybody else does. They game the the system the same way. They're just a studio that cranks out more product. Right. That's really all they are. Well, they have to be now because they're losing stuff because everyone else is streaming. Right, which is lovely because you're just carving up the same. Uh, audience you're not you're not making new audience members yeah. you're just carving them all up but whatever and the one thing that i will say is i sincerely apologize to anyone who did watch this movie based on netflix's new tool <laughs> they they come i out, saw that the one two three thing so they came out with a new netflix top 10 thing but like 10 most popular things that are currently on Netflix. that's okay i don't mind that no i love it but this was number one and i, I know a lot of people went Ben Affleck, Anne Hathaway, Willem sure. Dafoe, D. Reese. Cool. Like, I'll this watch is, a movie yeah. about this. This is why the cool. movie theater business is dying. I love them. Let's raise prices. No, that's not why. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a great that's great thinking. Yeah, raise them up. Yeah. yeah they'll, they'll come now. Yeah. No. 
No, but yeah, that's but that's but they great. They definitely though. game the system at the right time to get people to watch this movie. Sure, um, but I'm sorry that. You- <laughs> So I'm hoping more people listen to this to kind of have a cathartic moment. Uh, well, now they're not going to watch it because uh, we just we just sat here and said we didn't understand what's happening. Well, <laughs> no, I, uh, a lot of people come to my podcast after, after they, they watch it. Okay, okay, I got you. I got like you. All right, breakdown of yeah. The film so you're not alone. So. You're not alone out there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but thank you so much for doing this. I definitely wanted to hear your thoughts, given that I thought this was something that probably died on the page before it got in the I hands. I guess, maybe. Um, hey, anytime. Actors. You know I like talking movies, so it yeah. don't matter to me. I hope this movie is forgotten cinema, but no. I hope that uh, it, in a negative way versus the positive <laughs> films that you guys have been covering on your Forgotten Cinema podcast. Right. So um, you guys have been killing it lately. Oh, thanks, man. Loving that stuff. Uh, actually, two... Two Family House is that what yes. it's called? Yes, yeah. uh, uh, that's the new one. It's a very good movie, isn't it? I I wholly forgot that movie, yeah. And then when I saw the screen grab when you guys were promoting, I was yeah. like, "Oh, it's man, so good, it's isn't so it? So good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah." So let the people know about obviously. Uh-oh. What what are you? Uh, you're six timer now. I am a six timer. Six-timer. I know. I'm, I'm, I mean, I should just host the show now. <laughs> I guess. So. Yeah. Because we're on episode forty-seven and you made six. So. That's fine, man. That's it's fine. A de- it's a decent clip. It's, uh, what, what's that percentage? Forty into sixty. That's point two, point one something, point one eight. No. I don't know. One five. Forgotten Cinema is a great podcast. Hey, thanks, <laughs> that man. You guys do all the time. Uh, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, uh, so. You're in the midst of season five or four? Well, season four is out now. Okay. We record, we have like a 10 episode buffer. So right. we are, st- we have started to record our season five, right. which is our, we had a, we put out a, uh, I guess in a couple uh, ads, I guess, social media ads campaign yeah. where we were looking for audience suggestions. We wanted yeah. people to give us the movies that they think that are forgotten. Right. So we chose we chose 13 out of them and we've just started that we're going to announce we're going to have a video at some point where we're going to announce all like what they are what movies right. we selected and and don't be upset if we didn't pick your movie everybody you'll get me <laughs> no i we already done you so i don't even i don't even know if we i honestly don't even know if we picked one of yours but but yeah. we but i we, think you did but like i suggested something that you had already yeah yeah done. so we anyone that we didn't do we just kind of put back into the list with their name because we right. try to do audience suggestions as we go along as yeah. well but we wanted to do a whole season right but and and what's interesting is we picked movies that you know we remembered and some that we didn't we try to could run the gamut we try to pick different people that we didn't know that suggested so we're like right. you know to get more people and you know we might not necessarily like them i mean and we have our new we always have our same opening where we sure. but we actually changed it for season 5 and we just say like we may not like it but you know that doesn't mean that you know we respect your passion yeah, for yeah, it. So yeah. so we sure. we have a little fun, but we've just started well, you don't doing respect those. Butler's opinion. On oh, videos. I know, I know <laughs> that the shtick is that me and Butler don't get along, and I crap yeah. on him, especially in the commercials. But now yeah. we're 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 very good friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great gambit that you guys are. Playing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate thank you. it, and I I love the show, man. So keep it up. Thank you. Uh, where can people find it? So you can find us online at our website, ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. Uh, that has the list of all of our episodes. You can also, we are on Instagram, we are on Twitter. Uh, we are also on Facebook at Forgotten Cinema. I think I think Twitter were Forgot Cinema or something like that. Just look for the purple box with the swooshes and this is Forgotten <laughs> Cinema. That is us. 
Um, yeah, so we're, we're out there. We post. I try to post every day, at least every day during the week. I have like a schedule that I do, and uh, I've started doing forgotten flashbacks on Sundays now because yeah. I gotta get people to watch our old stuff. So, yeah. but it's I, I I recently pulled that tool with the uh, nice. my top ten. Uh, oh yeah, Comcast you have 10, to. While Netflix came out with the top ten, so oh nice. Yeah. You should you mimic. You, you have to. I mean, it's it's pretty much evergreen content because it's always there. Yeah, and you know, and you're it's. I know that sometimes you try to catch a movie when it first comes out so people can listen to the initial podcast yeah, but, but then it those, grows. those movies don't go away so no. yeah so absolutely no yeah no it's the beauty of doing a netflix podcast that it's always on the platform people are discovering yeah. stuff all the time and they're netflix uh, movies so they're not going to lose them quote unquote you know right so exactly like, yeah. So yeah yeah so, and hbo's the same way so if they do something so it's it's a it's a great way to do it but obviously uh most of their good stuff is probably more recent so oh <laughs> yeah. well they've got they've they had a the well, mudbound's old. I definitely recommend that. <laughs> Go ahead and watch that. Well, Netflix didn't they announce like all the movies that they were doing, and they had a bunch of big name directors because they had uh, what's his face Fincher's doing one right for this year. Yeah, because that's the whole reason why Mindhunter got Did you stopped. Listen to our 2020 preview. Uh, no, episode, I, I don't, man. Yeah. I don't. I don't listen to the 2020. <laughs> hey, you got Fincher, you got Spike Lee, you got Charlie yeah. Kaufman. So you got a bunch of people coming. Yeah. yeah, you're good. No, I know. Which one am I doing next? Right. When am I going to get to seven? I want to get to ten. <laughs> <laughs> By year's end? Wait, no, 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 no. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we've been doing it for a year and a half, and you're on like... Yeah. You, when did you start? December of 2018. Yeah. yeah we start, so. Our first episode was May 1st, 2019, so we're coming up on a year. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. It goes fast. I know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I definitely... I, I never revisit those because uh, it's that early podcast where you're like... Yeah, I knew what I was doing, but not. Well, but. we we have the first podcast we did was the Burbs, the first episode, and we have a disclaimer in front of it because it sounded so bad. We're like, hey, right. listen, we get better, but yeah. But I, I, you know what? I was having this conversation. Well, at least you had the headway. True. To yeah. Know where we you were. to know you what we were doing. All together. We could have. Yeah. We, I had this conversation with a buddy of mine, and we were and because we were talking, because obviously Forgotten Cinema is a podcast that's out now, but I'm working on other stuff that is not out yet. Right. But one of the questions is always like oh do we wait until it's everything's you know we are a set in order we're perfect and it's like no because then you'll never get it out out. and 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 you know what when you do an episode and like the first episode you do and it's uh, it's okay compared to what you're doing now that just shows that you've grown yeah and you know what i mean and that's it's i try to tell people all the time especially in uh marketing and 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 when you're trying to pitch yourself and your brand it's like people want to see that you're just like them they don't want to see the perfect image they want to see that oh man he did this and look at him now and yeah look how she does this now and she used used to be like that it's like they like that people respond to that because it's your you're a person you're you're not just uh you know perfect tom cruise or whoever you know yeah but yeah i I don't know why i think i'm perfect well well, will you do do you run with the scissor hands because if you do then yes (laughs) i'll tell you right now i'm all about top gun maverick (laughs) yeah yeah, as you should I'm be. I'm in too. I mean, they have a volleyball scene. So, I mean, yeah, I mean how can exactly. you not be? <laughs> it's like. Just I, like old time. I wonder again in that production, are we going to do a volleyball scene? You goddamn right we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a movie that totally gets what it is. Absolutely. And that's fine with me. I'm all about it. Absolutely. I'm, I think we're going to have it in IMAX. I can't yeah, wait. Maybe. There you, you go. Have to. It's, gonna, it's loud. At the trailer, if you ever watch the IMAX and you, you yeah. get the trailer, it's so loud. It's awesome. Awesome. It is. I can't wait. <laughs> Well, thanks again for doing this. Oh, no, anytime, man. I had a good time. Thank you.